0: well it is um good to be together this morning and um we uh we got to sing that great song i see your face you're beautiful just reminds me this week, at the beginning of the week, how good and beautiful of a God it is that we serve. Uh, this is his character, right? And like, No matter, maybe some of us grew up and, and like the, the quality and character of God that we were familiar with, that maybe was taught to us for, for whatever reason, didn't feel so good and beautiful. Maybe there were other things attached to the character of God, but the reality of the God that we encounter in scriptures and in life, is that he is good and beautiful and brings light into our life. And this wonderful thing happens then as well. When when God pulls his people together, when he saves us, when he opens up your life to him and this like spiritual part of our life comes alive in him, he pulls us together and wraps us into a community. And this community is made and fashioned and formed together to reflect the quality and characteristic of the God that pulls the community together. And so there's this this real deep sense that the community that we gather together in and that we belong to as a much wider part of Christian community around the world is that this community is to reflect the goodness and the beauty of the God who pulled it together together in the first place and continues to hold us together. So uh, here at the beginning of the year, we're starting uh, this new year. It's the first year we've ever had since I've been here, like a theme for the year, okay? Uh, and it's a part of this this, ten, this next 10 vision statement that and, and that we worked on all last year. And, and a couple months ago, we, we went through a message series about this. Uh, this year is a part of this vision plan, as a part of the vision plan. We're calling it our year of strengthening the root system. And I'm going to get into what all that means Means here in a minute as we recap the next 10 vision plan, but uh, strengthening the root system, this internal kind of kind of tending to the body life in our church and the, the roots to be able to support this tree that we want to grow up in our neighborhood and, and seed out into the various places in the community. And a part of strengthening the root system, we just wanted to start right off the bat in January this year talking about God's dream for this good and beautiful community that we know as the church a good and beautiful community. Now, again, I talk about how this is all a part of this Next 10 Vision plan, and so we're gonna go back and recap what we talked about a couple of months ago. I put together this little slideshow. I wanna give you a little preface here. You're not going to be able to read 90% of the words on the screen. They're just too small, but I'm gonna put it out this week. We'll put a video together or something and share it on social media and all that stuff so that you can read through it. But I'm gonna use it to talk through, and if you're a guest with us this morning, I wanna apologize for just a minute, uh, for like going into like a vision plan on a Sunday morning. And I want to apologize to the rest of you who were here like four weeks in a row when I talked about this. And then, uh, but like, I want to say sorry, but then not sorry at the same time. uh, uh, because I also want to say I'm, I'm more excited guys about this year and this next 10 years than I've been in a long time. And I'm an exciting, I'm an excited guy. I got, got ready to say I'm an exciting guy, but that's just the caffeine talking. So, uh, so I'm, I'm an excited guy by nature, but like, I'm really, really looking forward to this next year of strengthening the root system. And uh, so, so I want to go back and recap some of this. If you are a guest with us today, know that like while you're hearing like the little five minute pitch on what kind of church we want to be, this is actually a good time for you to listen and say, this is like, this is the kind of church that I'm visiting and that, this, that they're trying to become and trying to be. So let's work through this. Uh, So real life community, Uh, our little tagline for this next 10 vision plan is for the neighborhood, for the city. And we're going to unpack that. We've got two main areas here uh, of emphasis. One is for the neighborhood that we want to pay real close attention, become an intensely local church. So our one mile radius, our church becomes an embodiment of the gospel and we saturate our neighborhood with the gospel. So everybody in our neighborhood gets a touch, gets a vision, gets an idea, not just by being preached to or being handed a tract but like flesh on flesh kind of understanding what it feels like to encounter the good news of Jesus. So we want to become an intensely local church. And then we also, uh, for the city, want to be able to branch out, to seed out these kinds of intensely local churches that take their neighborhood seriously and help establish five new Nazarene churches in the city of Murfreesboro. Our dream is that these churches that are already coming online and getting planted and everything and uh, already, that these would end up developing this root system between the churches that we Would spread out across Murfreesboro. So as each church is so intensely like focused on their neighborhood, together we can be a benefit for the city as a whole. So that's kind of like beyond the horizon line, 10 year vision. We'd love to be an intensely local church, saturate our whole neighborhood with the go- embodiment of the gospel, and then help five new churches get launched in the city of Murfreesboro. What problem are we solving? Well, pick one. Like you look around in, the neighbor, in, in our neighborhood, in our culture, people are hurting, addictions are taking uh, just running rampant in our culture, uh, people are lonely. Uh, more lonelier now more than ever we exist in these silos and digital ages and and we we lack um, we lack any kind of real community especially any kind of real community centered around the God who longs to save us from all these things that are hurting us so much we live specifically in a culture where a lot of times when people were hurting or exposed or lonely they would turn to the church and they would turn to God and people aren't doing that a lot these days. We've had this image of a a guy like walking around in the desert all by himself trying to get some help by staring at his iPad, you know. Uh, This is kind of like the problem that we see in the culture. And so how, how are we going to address this? There's this verse in the scriptures that came to us, Ezekiel 17, 23. On the mountain heights of Israel, I will plant it. It will produce branches and bear fruit and become a splendid cedar. Birds of every kind will nest in it. And they will find shelter in the shade of its branches. We've got this, if you hear us talk about this, Ezekiel 23, 17, 23 tree. That's what we're talking about. And, and for us, this symbolizes that for our church, for the neighborhood, we want to become a tree of shelter where the branches spread out. So people who are exposed and hurting and, and suffering from different kinds of just places where life has been difficult, they can find some shelter and some shade here. A tree of blessing where the fruit and, and blessing of the people of God would spread out to others. And a, a tree of belonging, that line where the birds of every kind come to nest in its branches. We want to become a church where community is found here. Where people who are, are flocking, ma- doesn't matter what like area they're from or whatever, that they could find community here in the branches of the tree and the household of God. So we want to become this kind of tree for our neighborhood here. For the neighborhood, there are 26,000 people in our one-mile radius around our building. And we want to be, like I said, become intensely local about this, become a, a neighborhood church that takes our neighborhood seriously. And we want to be able to share the gospel in tangible, real, like, like practical ways with our neighbors, And so this is what we want to be for the neighborhood. We want to also, again, be for the city. And so we've got these different, uh, like, abbreviations for the churches that we've got going on. BCC is Blackman Community that we planted last year that's functioning as a neighborhood church for the Blackman community side of town. First church is right downtown uh, off of Hamilton Drive over by Martin's behind the old Kmart over there uh, off of Broad Street. And we're meeting there tonight, by the way, for youth. We've had like a little hiatus in youth group, but youth will be there, a couple of adult groups, a parent group, and a Regular Bible study will be there tonight. Real life community RLC, JBL. Some people are like, wait, we've got a speakers uh, series of churches. Like, what is that? That's Jesus Bread of Life, the Hispanic church that's that's been planted in the last couple of months right upstairs in our upper room on Saturday nights. And then Barfield Community, who just got their location nailed down. Uh, And they're going to be starting to have preview services next month and launching in April. So, so excited. You can see this is the community. Guys, like 15 years ago, there was just one Nazarene church here in Murfreesboro. And now there's this great network already. And we're just starting this next 10 plan. So these neighborhood churches together for the city. And this is where the, uh, the logo comes from, right? I'm not taking my clothes off. Don't worry. Um, so I have this on for inspiration um every time we've got these t-shirts for sale by the way at the connection table 10 bucks they're the most comfortable wonderful t-shirt you'll ever wear lots of head nods yeah very good can i get an amen all right uh so so you can see this is kind of the shorthand way of how we're talking about this vision statement the whole big thing for the neighborhood and we believe that the best way for a small neighborhood church to be for the city is to be the neighborhood church that plants new neighborhood churches and together those neighborhood churches work together for the good of the city right? And the, the scripture reference right there is Ezekiel seventeen twenty three. That's the tree. So this year, we, we can kind of see that root system there is what we want to start focusing on so that we can support the branching out. And there are four main ways. We talk about this as a background vision that, that our three to five year, like mid-range goals, we've got this one MR thing that we want to focus on. That's the one mile radius that we want to intensify missional focus and gospel embodiment within our one mile radius. The second one is, body life. We want to facilitate deeply connected and growing church body through life groups, discipleship opportunities, and missional engagement. There's this other word here, home. Uh, we want to become a church that really focuses on welcoming lost people home and providing this, this family that people who have been wandering away from the fold of God can be brought in and welcomed and embraced and find a family uh, here. And then finally, plant. We want to help develop and plant New neighborhood focused, missionally engaged, self-giving churches in Murfreesboro. The midground vision. So I'll show you like a whole page. We've got all this on a page. There's the, the top line, the background three to five year. The midground vision is our one year emphasis that I talked about is strengthening the root system that in order for us to grow up into this tree that's got branches going out, that's producing fruit, we've got to have a strong root system. And so that's what we want to focus on this year. We want to go deep to help support branching out. The phrase here is, over the next year, we will work on strengthening the root system to support the Next Ten Vision by developing and deepening relationships within the body, creating new ministry areas, and equipping the church for service. There's this 90-day-then uh, emphasis, and this, it doesn't break down into like what we're doing every hour, I promise. It's so, uh, so the foreground vision is the, the first 90 days, and we'll have a different one every 90 days. There are four different areas. One is we are going to try to erase anonymity in the church. Try and say that like 10 times fast. Uh, it's impossible. So erase anonymity. What do I mean? We want this to be a church where everybody knows one another as much as possible, right? Now, there are about 300 people that call Real Life Community home, and about two-thirds of us are here from weekend to weekend. And so it's, it may be a tall order, but your staff and your board, your leadership here at the church, have committed to this. We're, we've all got printed copies of the entire church directory on our desks at our house I went over and had lunch with somebody the other day and right next to their recliner where they pray in is the church directory your staff and board are committing to make this a reality where at the end of the 90 days we're going to look around our board and our staff and say is there anybody on this list that you don't know their name and their face and something about their story and we want the answer to be no We know everybody here. Like this is the kind we want to erase anonymity. I want to encourage you to join in on that. We're going to be sending out some links to our church directory. so you can pray through that. You can find out who do I know, who do I not know, and just work your way through that. Pray for your church family. We want to be a church where people are known and where we know one another. The second is group life development. I'm going to be working on um, building out our comprehensive plan for life groups. We're going to be adding new groups all the time. We're going to be really encouraging people to jump into those opportunities. Uh, We're going to develop a congregational care ministry. I'm so excited about this. Heather Smith is having her first meeting this month with a leadership team for Congregational care. We're going to have people supporting uh, in prayer ministry and meals ministry and celebration ministry and visitation ministries and all kinds of things for the body to care for one another. And finally, we want to create new ways to connect. So each ministry area is going to be focusing on how to uh, offer connection opportunities to people outside of our regular Sunday morning thing. So this is what it looks like. Like it fits on an 8.5 by 11 inch sheet of paper. Uh, the next 10 vision plan all of the different uh, lines of the horizon here. Uh, That's the vision plan recap. So there you go. All right, so we'll leave that up for a minute. Now, we talked about, um, by the way, that's about as quick as I can do that. Uh, So uh, I I spent four weeks going through that a couple months ago. So that was about seven, eight minutes. Uh, So the next 10 vision plan, this year, strengthening the root system, this month, the good and beautiful community. A couple... Months ago, back in November, I think, we did a series on First Peter, and, and there were so many great lines in First Peter that we just kind of had to gloss over, and one of them is in First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, and it's such a powerful verse, and I barely gave it lip service during, this, during the series, but I wanted to look at it today because it really kind of highlights some of the things that I want to talk about this good and beautiful community in this, Peter's talking to uh, the church that's scattered around, exiled all over the place uh, in the early kind of Middle Eastern world there and uh, across the Roman Empire. And he says this to all these Christians scattered around, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Think about, think about the way these words would have been heard by people that had to huddle together in secret in houses to worship God. And Peter's telling them, you are, regardless of how you feel about yourself at the moment, this is who you are. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. There's a quality about this community, a character to it. You are chosen. Do you know this about yourself? That you individually, as a part of the body of Christ, you are chosen. You are royal. There's a priesthood to you. Uh, there's this kind of like, there's a robe that belongs on you kind of a deal. Uh, you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. Now, we all feel like that all the time, right? Uh, but this is who you are. God has wrapped you up. And in fact, I, uh, I was looking at, at the original Greek language about all this and trying to figure out that God's special possession is translated several different ways, that phrase. And, and I, I was reading... Through in this interlinear Bible where it shows you like the Greek and then the English right under it, and, and it wasn't making any sense. So I actually uh, found my old Greek professor's phone number and called him up, and and I I said, Dick, you know, like, what is this? Uh, and he got out his Greek New Testament and we're working through this, and he's opening up all of his software and having this conversation. And this this God's special possession phrase, he said, Eric, it's one of those things that there's no like. Like English word for word translation that, that comes up with this. But if you could kind of try to kind of paint like a word picture. And, and this word is kind of this compound word. It's the, one of the word is people, which is always used. It's laos. It's used to describe only God's people. And then there's this other word that I'm not even going to try and pronounce. It's this compound word. And uh, it would be funny if I did, but uh, I won't. And he said, it's, it's, like, it's like this word where the people are described as having been wrapped around. It's like this around of the people. And he goes, I think what it's trying to communicate is that we are a people who exist because God has put his arms around us and embraced us and pulled us together. This is why you exist. Now I love, in in the old King James version, this is actually uh, one of the places, I love the translation of the old King James of this line even better. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, or the way the King James puts it, a peculiar people. A peculiar people. I don't know about you guys, but if somebody calls me peculiar, it's not always like a compliment, you know, like I, and maybe you do behind my back and that's fine, you know, like, uh, but, but like to us, that's a word that means odd, right? Like nobody wants to do that. We live in this world. And I think this like part of human nature, like nobody wants to stand out, like, you know, nobody wants to be peculiar. Nobody wants to be called odd. And yet describing the kind and quality and character of the community of God's people, he says, you're peculiar. And you know, when you look around in our world today at the various places where community ought to be taking place, and you find all the ways that it's unraveling, that it's frayed at the edges, that it seems like it's imploding or exploding or whatever, you look at marriages and families that ought to be just this like the best and they're they're coming apart at the seams so often Uh, politics anyone like (laughs) like our our leaders that ought to be existing in community just have retreated to silos and are lobbing bombs at one another the national stage it's like nations just war against one another gender wise Uh, We live in this charged kind of climate right now where a a lot of women don't feel safe going to work today. Like in a place where community ought to be like happening in this safe place. Uh, We live in a world where everything that we could be divided along, our national identity, our race, our like what we see as our class, our wealth, like these are all opportunities for us to get into camps and into silos and community is breaking down in all of these places our culture when we look at the kind of community that exists a lot of the community that we experience is formed around what we are against the tightest knit communities exist because they're against something else this is the kind of community that we have some of the best like best i put this in air quotes some of the tightest communities that we have are gangs guys So this is the community that we experience so often in our world. And for the people of God who have been embraced by God to be called peculiar, that's okay maybe. You know, in a world like this, maybe it's okay for some of us to be gathered together and not defined so much by what we're against, but by who we love and by who loves us. And if that's what peculiar means, then like, okay, I'm good with that. Like if God has embraced us and said, I've, I've called you to be a different kind of community, a good and beautiful kind of community, then maybe it's all right to be peculiar. If, that, if that's what that word means. Think about this. The church, uh, when God is free to shape it, is peculiar in ways that are good and beautiful the community where the spirit is active is a community where everyone is welcomed and embraced and accepted and loved just brought into the embrace this is the nature of god to wrap his arms around us and pull us in and this is ought to be then the nature of the church that's reflecting the character of god a place where everyone knows one another and is known by one another where we get an opportunity to love one another and to be loved by one another, to serve one another and to be served by one another, to celebrate one another and to be celebrated by one another. This is the community that as human beings we're hungry for, we're desperate for. Regardless of your spiritual background, we all as human beings long for that kind of a peculiar community. Those those who have share with those who don't. Where the young and the old who often in in society don't have a voice and are cast off to the margins have a special place in the community of God. Where there are no status or classes that separate us. Where wrongs and failures don't exclude you from the group, but they are forgiven within the group. Where covenants are honored. Where we are pulled together again, not by what we hate or what we are against, but by who we love. And all of everyone is viewed through the lens of who we are and who we are becoming by the grace of God in Christ. This is the kind of community that God is pulling together, that God longs to see exist. We, we see this kind of community um, there's a picture of it that's painted that begins to develop in Acts in, in the book of Acts the acts of the spirit of god working among the people to draw the people together. There's this community that develops and one of the most famous pictures of the community is in Acts chapter 2 where it says this this is how the early church is described right after Peter gives his his roundhouse sermon and and thousands of people are baptized into faith in Christ and and there's this community that naturally, by this power of the Spirit, just forms. And and this was some of the, the contours of it. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. not that a beautiful picture? It's a beautiful picture, right? It's a good picture. And one of the great things about this picture isn't isn't the particulars. I mean, sometimes I, I think we get hung up on this. We read this and then we're like, and church leaders are especially good at this. We're like, let's go recreate the Acts 2 42 through 47 church. And and, and we go line by line across all the particulars. And we're like, okay, we've got to have a program every day of the week because we've got to be in the building every day. And everybody's got to be eating with everybody all the time. And by the way, everybody gets to sell everything they have. And, and collectively, like we become this kind of commune or whatever. And you know, I get all that kind of stuff. But, but the thing that makes this picture beautiful is not the particulars. And, and I think we do wrong when we focus too much on the particulars and try and recreate all of the particulars. Because even in Acts, this vision of the church morphs and it shapes. And not everybody sells all of their stuff all the time. And they don't meet together every day for the rest of, of creation, you know, like the even through Acts there's this fluidity to it and, and the church morphs and grows and takes on a shape. It's not the particulars that are inspiring about this picture. It's the spirit that drives the particulars. You with me? That there's this early church community that were devoted to God and his teaching and his word that saw in that devotion that it was also necessary for us to be devoted to one another at the same time. And that played itself out in all of these ways. They spent time together. They ate together. They shared meals together. They, When somebody was in need, they sold their stuff and helped out the other person who was in need. Like There was this collective responsibility to one another. They were Passionate about learning what it meant to follow Jesus together. And there was this spiritual vitality. There were miracles that were happening. There were signs of the Spirit that were going on among them all the time. And in this whole kind of experience, the rest of the dog eat dog Roman world, where people are stepping on each other's heads to get to the top of the pile, turned and looked at this peculiar community. That wasn't just out for the individual, but was out for the glory of God, and who was trying to reflect God's goodness and beauty in the way that they treated one another. A community—we're going to get to this in a couple weeks—that covenanted together to treat one another as God in Christ had treated them. Whew. There's some good stuff there. I can't wait to do that one. Uh, the The rest of the world looked at this community and said, "Man, that is." beautiful that is beautiful like it played on a little like some kind of like heartstring that we've got like this place in our soul that we were created to belong to that kind of people we were made for this there's an attractiveness to this community a magnetism to this kind of community and so the La- last part of verse 47 says the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved those prodigal sons and daughters who were being embraced and welcomed home and joining the family of God there was that attractiveness that magnetism to wanting to be a part of what God was doing in this community there um, the good and beautiful community. Like I said, we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about what it means to allow God to shape and form us, not only as individuals, but how we function together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's going to be a good and beautiful time, I think, this month. And I was praying this morning and and God was reminding me the importance of me being challenged for my part in this kind of community and how I foster my little corner of of this community, and how I engage in helping to establish this good and beautiful community. And I want to invite you on this journey as well. This is the first part of our strengthening the root system. And listen, we got a good church, guys. It's a good place to be involved. It's, it's good to be able to stand up here and proclaim this kind of word, not as a tongue lashing, not with like a paddle hanging on the wall, like, we got to get in gear, guys. We got to get in shape. Like, this is one of the most beautiful communities that I've been a part of. But it's always good for us to rededicate ourselves, to go back to the well and say, why do we exist again? How are we to treat one another again? Let's plumb the depths of what it means to be the good and beautiful community that God has pulled together in his own embrace. And I want to invite you on this journey. That your prayer and my prayer might be together. God, will you show me my part and how I can be a part of that same kind of acts too? Not maybe in the particulars, maybe in the particulars, but in the spirit that drove that kind of way that it existed, that peculiar people together. Maybe there are some um, commitments, some covenants that you could even make at the beginning of the year to say, I want to be a part of a good and beautiful community like that. And I want to make an investment in that kind of thing. I want to encourage you, just open yourself up to God's voice. Maybe he'll put his finger on something and say, you know, if you would bring this to the table or if you would maybe say no to that or say yes to this or whatever, God has the ability to speak into your life and give you an idea of what that looks like in your life. It's going to be a great journey this year. So looking forward to it. And I hope that you will be too. Um, And I hope that being a part of this good and beautiful community creates in you the fulfillment of this kind of desire um, that God has placed in you as just one of his created beings to be able to enter into the triune kind of life of community and love together. Are we going to always get it right? Are we going to create this like like perfect kind of place where nobody ever wrongs each other, where we, you know, are like on billboards, every- no, you know, but but it's going to be a great time together, uh, allowing God to shape us and uh, and pull us together in his embrace. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning from the bottom of our hearts for saving us, for welcoming us home, for embracing us. And God, we recognize that in that embrace, it's not just a, an individual embrace where we're alone, pulled next to your heart, but your arms wrap around billions of other people at the same time. And when we're embraced, we're brought into that good and beautiful community called the church. God, we confess that we don't always get it right. We confess that sometimes we get it very wrong. Um, and we want to stay humble before you, God, and and be real about the places that we need help and we need you to shape and work on us. But, but God, we want a covenant with you this morning that we want to be active, helping uh, children of God who are seeking to help reflect your character and goodness in the world in the way that we live and treat with one another in the way that we exist as a church body and here at Real Life Community especially. God, we give you this year. We give you today. We commit to you fresh and anew that we want to be your people.